We've been talking about spiritual gifts for the last few weeks, and today we're going to be unpacking that a little bit more. The Bible has a lot to say about the fact that God gives us special gifts to help us carry out the ministry he's given us. But before I jump into that, I want to give you an update on where we are with our facility that's being built here in Prattville, our permanent facility. And you'll see why as we go through this. But if you are flying by on McQueen Smith Road on your helicopter, this is the view that you would see. If you're driving by, it would be a little bit lower. But I want you to know out in front, there's going to be lots of parking, about 475 or 500 parking spaces. And I need some applause on that. Okay, yeah. Plenty of parking. Um, and it's going to be amazing. But uh, you can see the building's coming along. There is a roof on it now, and soon the windows and doors we put in will all be dried in. And so a lot of things are starting to accelerate now, and please be praying for us here. Nick joined me the other day, um, and we walked in. Nick put on his cowboy boots and his shorts all at the same time, so it was great. Uh, and we're walking in that main entrance there, so you can see there's plenty of doors for people to come in because we want to invite people in. This is going to be the lobby area out in front. This is a huge area, so we can put the fellowship in the middle of Center Point Fellowship with parking and a big place to meet. You won't have to rush out after the meetings are over. And we are so excited about that, we cannot tell you. This is inside uh, the room that we're going to be using for worship. It's a big auditorium. You can see some folks working on a stage there. You'll see that a little bit later. It'll seat about 750 or 800 people at a time uh, in a uh, kind of a fan shape. You can see the stage going up there. It's going to be an amazing thing. And the best part about it is we won't just be able to use it on Sunday mornings. We'll be able to use it all throughout the week. I mean, on, uh, for uh, student ministry stuff on Wednesday nights, for uh, seminars, conferences, all kinds of things. And if that excites you, I hope you say amen. amen. Yeah, we are very excited about that. This is all part of our children's area. You're going to see these are state-of-the-art children's rooms that are coming up. They're being worked on right now, and uh, there's plenty of space for that. Then there's even a smaller uh, kids' central room, a smaller children's auditorium, and all these are going to be multi-purpose. There are places to meet so we can turn them around and use them for a whole host of things. We want to leave a lot of flexibility because we want God to be able to use this facility every once. And we will have state-of-the-art bathrooms. We wanted you to know that. <laughs> His and hers, it'll be great. I mean, yeah, you guys can stop showing that. Okay, thank you. That was great. That was just supposed to be a humorous thought. Not, don't linger there. Anyway, but the, uh, the whole reason I want to start out with that is, is that, uh, and you go, well, John, how do, what does that have to do with spiritual gifts? Well, here's how it relates. Because it happened to me again just last week. Somebody stopped me and they said, oh, you guys at Centerpoint, congratulations. You guys are finally building a church. And I go, God's been building a church at Centerpoint for 11 years. Okay? That's a facility we're going to meet in. That's not our church. We are the church. I need you to say that with me. We are the church. Now turn to a person next to you and say it to them. We are the church. We are. Some of you said it a lot less convincing when you turn to the person next to you, but that's okay. I want you to understand this because if you understand that, then you'll understand the purpose of spiritual gifts. The purpose of spiritual gifts are so we can help each other build up the church. We'll use facilities. Oh, we're going to use that facility to glorify God and tell people about him. But if this church is going to be what God wants it to be, well, we need his help to build each other up. I want to talk with you about that today. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for the construction going on on McQueen Smith Road on a facility, permanent facility that we can use not just Sunday mornings, but all week long. We've loved meeting here at this conference center for 11 years, plus years, and 
So, Lord, I, I'm grateful for it, but, Lord, I look forward to all the ministry opportunities that we're going to have that we've never been able to have before. But, Lord, more than ever then, we're going to need to be able to encourage each other and build each other up. And that's where we need your help. We need your gifts. We can't do this on our own, and we're not going to try. So, Lord, today I pray that you will speak, move me out of the way, teach us what you want us to know about spiritual gifts. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to review. If you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, I want to hit a few things very quickly. The Holy Spirit helps us carry out our mission. Jesus said this to his disciples, I'll ask the Father to give you another helper. That's one of the names for the Holy Spirit, the helper, to be with you always. He is the Spirit of truth. He lives with you and will be in you. I'm not going to forsake you like orphans. Jesus also told his disciples this, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere to the ends of the earth. That is our mission. It's why we're still here, to tell the whole world about Jesus. It's one of the reasons we're so excited about that facility, is that facility we hope by having, we'll be able to add all kinds of new opportunities for us to tell people about Jesus. That's why we're here. But the Holy Spirit helps us because we're a bunch of ordinary people. Imagine if you were the disciples. Jesus said, I want you guys to go and make disciples of everybody on the planet. Good luck. That's not what he said. He said, I want you to make disciples of everybody on the planet. Don't go until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When he does come, he'll give you power. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You'll have all the power and all the gifts you're ever going to need to get that done. And that is still true today. And it's happening now in our lives as the Holy Spirit fills us and empowers us and gifts us. Which brings us to the next point in your outline. The Holy Spirit gives every Christian at least one spiritual gift so we can help each other. God gives us the Holy Spirit to help us. The helper gives us gifts so we can help each other. And a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. This is what Paul said. Every place that spiritual gifts are mentioned, it's always about helping each other, encouraging each other, building each other up. That's why they're given. So we can all do this together. Now, Spiritual gifts, the way we've been defining them in this series, are, these are special abilities the Holy Spirit gives believers to build up the church. Inside your bulletin, or if you're watching us online, you can go to centeringlives.com serve, and you'll find a spiritual gifts list with a brief definition of every gift. For instance, uh, prophecy is the ability to clearly communicate and persuasively declare God's will regarding a situation or an issue, a person, a group, or even the future. Knowledge is the ability to know things wouldn't be known by ordinary means. And I've shared examples every time where I've seen the Holy Spirit do some amazing things. A few years back, as we've been meeting here in this hotel, there was a fellow staying in the hotel, went to the front desk on a Sunday morning and said, is there a church near here? And they said, well, there's a church real near here. Just go down the hall and take a left. And so he came to our 11 o'clock service, and he was sitting in the back row. And uh, he was from Iowa, had never been here before. And uh, after my message was over, he came up to me and he goes, how could you possibly know what you know? And I said, well, what are you talking about? He said, well, uh, I came here this weekend. My father had passed away, and I'm trying to resolve an issue with my brother over an inheritance. And that morning, I had talked about an issue where, I, and my illustration had been about two brothers in the life of our church who had to wrestle through dealing with an inheritance and how they came to terms with that. He said, how in the world did you know 
that that's what I'm going through. There's no way anybody could have told you that because I didn't know myself I was going to be here till right till I walked in. And I go, well, that was God lining that up for you. Well, if you wonder what a gift of knowledge would be, well, if that happened to you a lot, then you would be gifted in that area. You'll see other gifts on the list if you go there. Um, there are gifts like giving where people have been given a lot. God blesses them financially and they give it away and he blesses them with more. Um, there are people with the gift of hospitality. I mean, it just is easy for them. They make everybody feel at home. All those things. There are all kinds of gifts that God gives us. Well, even if I don't have those spiritual gifts, it doesn't mean that if I don't have the gift of generosity or giving that I don't need to be generous with what I have. And if I don't have a special supernatural gift of hospitality, it doesn't mean I don't need to be kind to you if, and buy you a sandwich uh, if that the opportunity presents itself. What it does mean, though, is that the Holy Spirit works in us to give us giftings at a level that's beyond anything we've ever had before. And Paul says God does this to help us work together in an amazing way. So one person will have this special ability, another this special ability. And when you pull it all together, the church can do amazing things. Now, it's important also to understand a couple of other things. First of all, no one has all of the spiritual gifts on this list. No one has them all. But we each have one or two or three of these. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Well, of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. God gives us the Holy Spirit, the helper. The helper gives us spiritual gifts to help each other. And when we don't have a gift, it's great if, to pray on that list. Lord, I'd love this list because that would really help me help others. The gifts are not given for us to show off. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. Never were. They're given so we can help each other. The Holy Spirit will empower us to be extra generous. Some of us to be extra generous. Some of us to speak in tongues. Some of us to be teachers, which is one of the things I discovered when I got involved in ministry. Uh, when I would start leading a small group of boys in a ministry called Young Life, then I would lead this group and other things, and then other people, would, I would be involved to help another group, and they said, well, you ought to do more of that. When you teach, I understand this really well. I think God's given you a gift to teach. I'd studied engineering, not theology, in undergraduate. And so this is really quite something. But this is what he called me to do, and I'm using the gift that he's given me right now. Well, all of us have gifts together. Now, it's also important to remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit determines which gifts we each get. It's the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Jesus, uh, when he was teaching his disciples about praying for things, and it could certainly apply to spiritual gifts too, but praying about anything, he says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, I don't know why everybody gets the gifts they get. I don't know. But the Holy Spirit does, and God asks us to trust him in this. And he gives us gifts that we can handle. I mean, there are certain gifts that he gives us because he knows we're at a level of maturity to handle that, um, or this is our personality type. And if he gave us the same gift that he gave somebody else, it would just crush us. He doesn't treat all his kids the same. I didn't treat all of our sons the same. One of my sons was super conscientious, and he always told us about everything. 
another one of our sons, I remember one Saturday night, my wife and I were at home, got a knock at the door. There was a couple at the door with our son, and he had his arm in a sling, and we said, hey, what's going on? You know, what can we do for you? And they go, well, we just dropped by to let you know that our son was okay. His arm was broken after the go-kart flipped over and stuff, but didn't want your son to worry. We hadn't heard about that. So we go, we call our son and go, hey, something happened today, didn't it? You know, so we brought him out there. And so from then on, we treated him differently than we treated our other sons. I hope you understand that. There are certain things at that point in his life that we could say, this is the way we're going to handle it with you. And this is the way we're going to handle it with you. And you'd go, well, John, you have to. You're a parent. So I know how to raise my kids and God doesn't. So if you're wondering, well, why does this person get the gift of generosity? I'd like the gift of giving. Man, that would mean he'd be giving me lots of stuff. Well, maybe I couldn't handle lots of stuff right now. Maybe that would ruin me. Maybe if God uh, trusted me with some other gifts that aren't near as prominent, maybe that's what I need right now. Because he's working on me at the same time he's working through me. I hope it encourages you to know that we have a loving Heavenly Father who knows what's best for us. Because that's where Paul asks us to trust him in these writings. And that brings us to the next point, point C. The greatest gift that we can ever receive when it comes to any kind of gift from the Lord is love. Paul writes a whole chapter, and we spent the last two weeks just going through 1 Corinthians 12. Well, this is the last verse of 1 Corinthians 12, starting 1 Corinthians 13. And he's just gone through all these, this laundry list of spiritual gifts. And he says, but now let me show you a way of life that's best of all. He's just talked about prophecy, and he's talked about evangelism. He's talked about speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. He said, look, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge... And if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. And if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, became a martyr, well, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. He says, look, all these spiritual gifts don't amount to anything unless we love each other as we exercise them. And the word that he uses for love there is uh, an ancient Greek word pronounced agape. And it means this. Agape love is... Choosing to delight in the person who is the object of our love unconditionally. Unconditionally. I love you because I love you. Now, the reason I want to break all this out is, is that I break this out is because love in the Bible, this was a special kind of love. We only have one word for love in English, love. So I love my wife and she's right here. I also tell, could tell you I love pepperoni pizza. I hope you understand that's a different kind of love. The love that I have for my wife is delighting in her unconditionally. I just want her to be happy. I want her to be maximized in life. This is why when people get married, the passage that we're about to read where Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 13 where he defines love, he talks about this kind of love, delighting in the other person, not putting yourself first. And Paul says, if you want to understand how a church is supposed to work and how God gives us gifts, we're going to have to love each other for this to work or else it's all going to blow apart. 
If you want to be, if you want to get spiritual gifts to be a big shot, you want to get spiritual gifts so you can be significant in your own eyes or significant in the eyes of others, this thing's never going to work. With that in mind, listen to this. Love is patient and love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It doesn't rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Now that point there that I skipped over, I want to go back to that. Love enables us then, if we love that way, then we can use our spiritual gifts as the body of Christ. Well, as the body of Christ, then we work together. Some of us are like the fingers that help us reach out and bring people in. Some of us are the ears where we can hear the needs of people so we can respond. Some of us are the eyes. We can see opportunities. Some of us are like the brain and God gives us wisdom and we go, oh, I know what to do with that. Some of us are the feet who can carry the good news off in missions. And you could go on and on with this. Some of us are the muscles that give it the strength. You could just run this analogy as far out as you want because that's the way Paul says we need to think of ourselves. And if that's going to happen, well, then i got to love you for that to work. Because if I love you and I'm training you up as you're using your gift, you're probably not going to use your gift very well the first time. I mean, I remember some of the first sermons that I taught Wow, they were really rough. I still have the notes from some of those. Wow, I will not ever show you those. Okay, anyway. But I had people that helped me and encouraged me. And they said, well, keep going. Keep going. If somebody has a gift of pastoring and they're going to disciple people, they've never been a small group leader, but they've got a burden on their heart. I really think God wants me to care for the spiritual development of people. Oh, man. Well, they probably won't do it perfectly the first time they lead a group. But as they gain experience, then all of a sudden they go, oh, I'm getting more confidence now. I know what to do. And it's a wonderful thing. Well, that means I have to be patient. Because this guy wasn't amazingly awesome the first time he did it. He's gifted, but he needs practice. He doesn't have experience. I need to be forgiving. Because as I use my gifts and you use your gifts, we may say things we shouldn't say. Remember, we're all in process. We're all being grown up to be like Christ. We not only bring different gifts into the mix, we bring different past experiences into the mix. We bring different baggage into the mix. And so things get said that should never be said, and things are done in a way that are hurtful and irritating. And that's why Paul says, Love is patient and kind. It isn't jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. Over the pandemic, I talked to some people about our church, that we would be coming back together again. And uh, one person said, well, I'd love to come visit your church, because the last church, we had kind of a falling out there. We were in a small group, and some people said some things that hurt our feelings and stuff. And literally, I mean, the conversation went down this road, and they said, well, I just want to know, if I get involved with your church, that I'm not going to have to worry about anybody hurting my feelings. I went, oh, you haven't met the people of Centerpoint yet, have you? We're, we're pretty ordinary. <laughs> I said, I can guarantee you this. We're an ordinary church filled with ordinary people at all different uh, walks of life, and all of us have different past histories, and all of us are working on this together, and I can't promise you at all that you're never going to get your feelings hurt. I can promise you that we're going to pray 
with you, and we'll do everything we can to help reconcile people when those things happen. But one of the big reasons it's important for us to come together as a church is to learn to forgive each other. And let go of past faults. That's why this passage gets read at weddings. Because we always have to remind newly married couples that they will have, you know, there's better and for worse. There will be worse times. Don't bring the dump truck and unload all the past history of everything that's gone wrong. Every time you have another conflict, that's a really bad negotiating tactic. Same as the church. We're a family here. Paul says, look, I can tell you about all these gifts, and it's exciting to see the Holy Spirit work, but if you don't have love, it doesn't amount to anything. It's worthless. I even have a quote back of your outline and discussion questions. Teddy Roosevelt was the one who said, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. It's true in church. It's true. Paul says, look, our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Remember, Father knows how to give good gifts to his children. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, well, I don't need you. Head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. This makes for harmony among the members. That's the goal, harmony so that all the members care for each other. God has rigged all of this because he wants us to grow in love and forgiveness and patience and gentleness and kindness. And this is where we get the opportunity. This is a big laboratory where we're all shaken up together and we get to watch the Holy Spirit work. Makes for harmony among the members, so all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part's honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Got to see yourself as a body. Only way that's going to work is if you love each other. A couple of important life applications. These are from Galatians. Paul wrote Corinthians. He also wrote Galatians. Same guy. We must never be prideful about the spiritual gifts we've received. Never. Never be prideful. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. It's in the Bible. I'm not that important. Could we say that together? I'm not that important. I have a spiritual gift, but it only matters if I use it in love. If I'm using it to show off, it is worthless. Well, if you had a spiritual gift like me, then you'd be on the spiritual A-team. Maybe one day, if you grow up to my level of maturity, God will let you have a gift like this. But until then, I'll tolerate you. Yeah, that doesn't even sound good, does it? That sounds terrible. It is terrible. We're not supposed to boast, ever. These are gifts. If they're a gift, how could I brag about anything I did to get a gift? No. Life application, we must never compare ourselves to others. Sometimes we don't need any help making us feel like we're on the B team. Sometimes we put ourselves on the B team. Well, my gift isn't as important because I don't stand in front of people. My gift isn't important because nobody noticed. 
You know, if you have the gift of service, you serve precisely because nobody notices. So some gifts are more prominent than others. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you'll get satisfaction out of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. You won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Comparison wastes so much of our time, gives us so much sideways energy in our lives. Ugh. Paul says, don't do it. Just make the most out of what you have. And then you don't need to compare yourself. God gave you a gift to teach, then teach where he put you. It might teach kids, might teach older adults, might teach on a mission field, lots of places to use it. Some people teach big groups, some people teach small groups. Doesn't matter. What matters is we make the best of what we have. And we're patient with others as they're growing into that too. And that's another life application. You and I need to choose to love, forgive, and start again if we're going to use spiritual gifts together. I got to choose this. Love is a choice. Every wedding ceremony I do, back to that again, we use this passage. Every wedding ceremony, I have them, they don't repeat the vows, or they don't, when I ask them, do you promise to love this person, you know, then I have, and cherish them, I always have them say, I will, instead of I do. And I ask them, why do you ever say the word I will? Because I will reminds you this is an act of the will. I have to choose to do these things. Listen to this. Today, I choose to be patient. Today, I choose to be kind. Today, I choose to not be jealous. Today, I choose to not be boastful or proud or rude. Today, I choose to not demand my own way. Today, I choose to keep no record of being wrong. Today, I choose to never give up. That's not a once-in-a-lifetime choice. That's a daily choice. It's a daily choice in your marriage. It's a daily choice in your family. It's a daily choice to be an active member in this church because people will hurt our feelings. People will do things we don't approve of. People won't get things right the first time, and neither will you. So we're just going to have to love each other. Well, I can't, which is why God gives us the helper because with his help, we can At 8 o'clock, I got a free amen on that one. Amen. Thank you. A volunteer. I love it. Last point, love enables us to use our gifts together effectively. Not only is love required to make this happen, when love oils the machine, if you will, then we can do amazing things together. Because then like a whole body with hands and feet and eyes and ears and a brain that thinks we can reach out to people everywhere. I mean, it's amazing what can get done. And so in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, okay, look, the Corinthians, by the way, must have had some really jumbled up worship services because he said some of the people were prophesying, some of the people were speaking in tongues. It was all just really chaotic because people were just trying to show, hey, the Holy Spirit's working to me. Hey, the Holy Spirit's working to me. Look at me, look at me, look at me which is why the wording is what it is. And he kept reminding them, no, it's not about you. It's about helping others. So listen to this. So he said, when you meet together, one person will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation that God has given, one will speak in tongues, another will interpret what's being said, but everything is done, it must be done, so it will strengthen all of you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time. Someone must interpret what they say. But if no one's present who can interpret, well, they must be silent in your church meeting. And speak in tongues to God privately. 
Let two or three people prophesy. Let the others evaluate what's said. But if someone's prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who's speaking must stop. And in this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak, one after another, so that everyone will learn, everyone will be encouraged. Remember, God's people, remember that the people who, are, who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. So one last life application. Love is, most, is the most convincing argument for following Jesus we have. We live in such a divided time. We're divided along race. We're divided along religion. We're divided along gender. We're divided along every political line. We're divided over a host of social issues. We're divided everywhere. Does anybody love each other anymore? Will anybody even listen when the other person is speaking? I mean, we live in a time where people just shout each other down. And Paul says, look, if you want to know how it's going to be in the church, we're not going to be like that. We love each other. It doesn't matter what gift you have. If you're shouting everybody down with it, what good does it do? Jesus said, your love for one another approved to the world, you're my disciples. That's what's going to convince them. Don't just pretend to love others. This is Paul. One last reference here. Same guy who wrote 1 Corinthians 12, wrote Romans 12. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. If your enemies are hungry, well, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And in doing this, you'll keep burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. We live in a day where if you give me trouble, I'll give you double. You insult me online, you have not even seen my wrath online. I will shame you. I will mock you. And we celebrate people and make them famous now if they're good at mocking people and running people down. This is our culture. That is not our church. Remember, we're supposed to be light in a dark world. This is how we get that done. We need the Holy Spirit's help. I'm going to have uh, Nick, if you'd come up here. I'm just going to have a word of prayer for us and asking God to show us what kind of gifts he's given us. Inside your bulletin, you'll find this card with the gifts on the other side of places to serve. Shared last time, hey, if you're not sure, just volunteer to get involved in a place to serve. Whatever spiritual gift you have, it'll show up. You have a gift of hospitality and you volunteer to usher. Man, all of a sudden, you'll notice one of the, all the ushers will know, hey, when that guy is here, he always brings donuts and coffee for everybody. And then they all want to volunteer that week. Gift of hospitality just showed up. Gift of leadership could show up in children's ministry. All of a sudden now, all the, other, all the volunteers are getting organized. It's amazing. So I want us to pray for a minute. Ask God to help us love each other. I cannot guarantee you, you will never have your feelings hurt here. In fact, I can guarantee you, if you stay here long enough, you will. Question is, you're going to be able to work through that and love people in spite of it. Will I use my gifts and take my turn and let other people have a chance to speak? This is big. We got an exciting opportunity with a new facility coming. Facility is just a building. We're the church. 
We can't do this without his help. Will you pray with me? Oh, Father, I just pray that you will send, a, send your Holy Spirit upon us and fill us to the brim. God, we need your power in our lives, and we ask that you would come and fill us now. Lord, you are the vine. We are only branches of the vine. Everything we have, all of our life, all of our energy, all of our love, it all flows from you. Forgive us for the times, Lord, when we have forgotten that. Oh, Heavenly Father, please send the helper to us. Holy Spirit, you are the helper. Come fill us now. Give us the love we need. Give us the gifts we need. Give us opportunities to use your gifts to reveal your love and your mercy to a lost, hurting world where people, many people are just discouraged and hopeless right now because everything looks broken and they don't even know who to trust. We believe that as we yield and ask you, Lord, you're going to release spiritual gifts to meet the needs of the hour and we need all of your spiritual gifts for all of us so we can effectively witness to a lost world. We need love so we can demonstrate what that looks like. Stretch us, Lord. Expand our capacity. Work in us in powerful ways. We want every single purpose you have for our church, every single purpose you have for each of us individually to be fulfilled, and we cannot do this alone. You told the disciples you wouldn't leave them as orphans. We're not orphans, Lord. We're your children. Give us love. Give us power. Give us every spiritual gift and show us how to work them together, work with them, work with each other so you can achieve whatever you want to achieve here. We pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.